1: Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.
2: Hey, I'm Anne and I'm Renata. And guess what? Our tarot show is going on the road. Now, are you expecting all love and light? You may be a bit disappointed. This is going to be awesome fun with our tarot readings being a little nice and a little bit naughty. And we're going to try to connect you with your loved ones in a very unique way as well. So if you'd like to buy
3: a ticket and join us, go to annandrenata.com.
4: True Hauntings is a Human Labs original podcast.
2: Waitomo Caves Hotel in New Zealand is notoriously haunted. Its history goes back to 1887, when a glowworm cave was discovered nearby. It has been reported by hotel
3: staff and guests that a ghost likes to play tricks on them. Apparitions have been seen in the dining room, along with an uneasy feeling in the atmosphere. In some rooms... Moving lights and objects have been seen. Even screams have been heard.
2: Find out more about the ghostly residents of one of New Zealand's most haunted hotels in this week's episode of True Hauntings. Hi, my name's Renata. And I'm Anne, and welcome to this
3: week's episode of True Hauntings, where we head across our
4: little pond to our cousins in New Zealand. Evil lurks within the shadows of our homes and in the darkest corners of our minds. It follows us like a shadow, forever. This is where nightmares become reality. This is True Hauntings.
2: Hi, Anne. I hope our cousins in New Zealand don't take offence to being called our cousins in New Zealand. Oh, you are our cousins, bro.
3: I do love my New Zealander friends. They're very nice. I like their fish and chops and all just, of that stuff. Oh, just, just stop right there. Oh, no, they stop. don't. They don't mind. I went to New Zealand on holiday. Oh, god about seven years ago when we could travel when we could actually it'd probably be longer than that because i think my son was going through that angsty stage of life he Mm -hmm. was about 19 and he's now 28 oh my god God, that is a long time ago. Mm. So yeah, we we headed over there, and we went on one of their cultural tours, and they put us on a bus mm-hmm. and to go to the the village where they're going to do the haka and serve mm-hmm. us a, a meal cooked in a pit. And we got onto the bus, and they they've got to this roundabout, and they've gone round and round the roundabout, and the bus driver kept singing, "The wheels on the bus go <laughs> round and, round, round. and round, round." And like you'd think, like after the fifth time, they they're going to stop now. They didn't. They went on for like a dozen times. Uh. You would have been thrown up in the office. I would hills. have been sick.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yep. Was that the annual roundabout in New Zealand back then? Probably. Oh. <laughs> they were having a great time. It was hilarious. I went to New Zealand too a number of years ago. We stayed in the South Island. We didn't go up to the North Island. We were staying in the South Island, and it is it one of the most beautiful places I have ever been. It was glorious. I remember being pregnant. That's right. I was, oh, boy, super that was a while ago. Yeah, I was super pregnant with my younger daughter. She's the same age as my. Yeah. So um, twenty odd years ago. Daughter or son?
3: Son. No, but my same age as my son. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. And Jeez, I remember Jeez, you were
2: breeding late in life mm-hmm, in your sixties. <laughs> Ah, Ben. And I was climbing mountains, and I was doing like people were staring at me going. She's very pregnant. What's she doing up here? I have never felt so alive as I did in New Zealand. That air over there is incredible. It is. And I have to say that I was on a bus
3: trip with some Americans there and they were looking at all the hills because it is a rather f- flat land, but there were some places where there were little hills and it was perfectly manicure and they're going, so what happens? Do they get the lawnmower out <laughs> and do they mow all the lawns or how do they get the grass? <laughs> (laughs) And so neat. We go, uh,
2: sheep. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, the the scenery there is just epic. It is beautiful. And I think I've actually been there twice. I can't remember. It's so long ago, such an eternity ago. Oh, I've lived so many years. She's forgotten more than she remembers. (laughs) That's right. I do remember, though, we were traveling to one particular spot and we had this accommodation along the road. And they said to us that you can only see the mountain or whatever it is when we that we were supposed to be going to a handful of times a year because usually it's under cloud. You can't see it. Oh, they call it the land
3: of the long white cloud. Mm.
2: And so we get to our overnight accommodation and it's this little hut just off the main road and there is only one main road in and one main road out to wherever we were going at the time. And we we were at that stage. Oh, that's right. I remember this journey now. <laughs> I'm flooding back. <laughs> oh, I can see the, the PTSD is setting in. I can see it. Her eyes just rolled back in her head. <laughs> we were trying to save money desperately. So oh, we, we, much used has hostel. <laughs> we, we used hostel accommodation. Oh, no. That's a series in itself. But oh, my God. But um, yeah, so we moved into this little place across the road, as it, cheap accommodation, as cheap as we choc, could find choc. it. But. Chops, chops. It was so freaking dark. I've never known anywhere to be so dark. So we're saving on electricity. I could not even, when we turned all the lights out, I could not even see my hand in front of my face. It was so dark. It was terrifying. <laughs> it was like you were in some sort of cave. But you're a ghost hunter. Ghost hunters aren't scared oh, of the dark. Oh, my God. This is 20-odd years ago. It's, yeah, it's not nah. No, 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 no. It actually
3: would have had to have been 27 or 28 years ago. 28 years ago. Years
2: ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, yes, fun times in New Zealand. If you haven't been and you can travel, go to New Zealand. But what's happening in our week this week? Was there anything exciting happening or have we got a quiet week? Well, we had a troll storm yesterday. Oh, wasn't that hilarious? <laughs> we've learnt some new words. Oh, we have and we've learnt words that we didn't think were allowed anywhere on social media anymore. <laughs> And yes. they all appeared yesterday. Apparently they
3: somebody had put us on what do they call it, Twitch or Twitch. something? Yeah. And they had directed everyone to come onto our live feed and troll us. But the problem was they didn't realize that we love trolls. <laughs> <laughs> We so annihilate. We, we had hundreds of these comments, and some of them were really quite horrific. Yeah,
2: very, very horrific. The, there was the some funniest was, one. <laughs> go and tell them. The funniest one was where they said they'd pay you money if you show them your feet. So what did I do? You showed them your feet. Well, then I said, "Where's the money, please?" Oh, it's not forthcoming. <laughs> oh, no, we haven't seen a cent, dammit. No, no. So we said, "Just bugger off." If you can't give us the money that you've promised, off you go. Troll and, elsewhere.
3: And by the end of it, they were telling us that we need to come and join their community of does <laughs> IRL is that in real life or something yeah and offered us a job on their their network <laughs> where they do live feeds and you get paid for it we're like ah oh, no if you if you think it's okay to say things like that to people we're, we're not
2: interested that's correct but let's get on with the story oh, let me
3: draw you in. My partner and I and another couple visited New Zealand North Island recently on a self-drive tour. Part of the tour included a trip to Waitomo Caves, so we decided to stay at the Waitomo Caves Hotel overnight, not realising at the time that this hotel has a haunted reputation. We checked in around 5pm and were greeted warmly and shown our accommodation. When my partner suggested I may get a little scared as we were told the hotel is haunted, the manager just laughed and seemed to have a quirky sense of humour. He dismissed it saying, a good haunting never hurt anyone. He then took our booking for dinner and told us the bar was open if we wanted to relax and have a drink. I joked with him and asked if he was also the bartender, to which he replied no, but he was, as it turned out. He then gave my friends the room key to someone else's room who was staying there. That was funny, watching our friend come out of the room somewhat embarrassed. The accommodation was nothing special, but we didn't expect it to be. It was clean and comfortable, and the ambiance of the place was fascinating and warm during the day, but pretty spooky after dark. We decided to dine at the hotel and went for a walk around the local area taking some photos of this amazing 100-year-old Victorian hotel. We took a stroll down the hill to Curly's Bar, which we quite liked, and the pub food looked good if you want a reasonably priced burger and fries. Our booking was at 7.30pm and that's when the weird things started to happen. It was busy in the dining room and we drank a few drinks, had a few laughs and took some photos at the dining table. Some of them, although taken seconds apart, appeared to be extremely bright for some reason. Almost white glowing. So we just dismissed it as a a flash reflection. Our meal was taking forever and eventually around 9.40pm we asked what is taking so long? And how much longer do we have to wait for our food? By this time, we were the only ones left in the dining room besides one other couple who we joked and chatted with about the long wait. At that moment, the door to the dining room swung closed by itself and it went very cold. My friend and I commented, Who closed the door? No one was there. The manager came and apologised and couldn't understand what had happened with our meals, saying they had been very busy. We eventually ate around 10pm and then retired to our rooms. I could not sleep as every noise played havoc with my mind. Creeping floorboards all night long. Footsteps coming from the room above and then around 1.30am... I heard a strange moaning, crying coming from the room above. I woke my partner up so scared and he said, ''Go to sleep. Must be a dog.'' But I knew there were not dogs here at the hotel and the noise was definitely coming from the room above. The next day, we checked out and told the receptionist what had happened with our dining experience... She looked our bill up on the computer and said, that's odd, and went to go and get her manager. When she returned, they both examined the computer and said, everything seems to be taken care of and there is no charge for the meal or the drinks, so we have to give them credit for accommodating us for the late dinner. They bid us farewell and off we went to explore the caves. When we returned from our holiday, we examined the photographs and this one in particular caught our eye. The photograph was taken in daylight by a digital Nikon SLR camera. No flash was used. There appears to be an orange glowing ball in front of us. And above our room where we stayed, there appears to be a strange green light, top centre, a little to the left. Overall, a memorable experience. Reminded me of Faulty Towers on TV. Would definitely recommend staying there as it is an interesting place and not often you get to stay in a 100-year-old hotel. But having said that, I would not stay there if you are easily spooked or afraid of ghosts and I would not stay again myself. Well, that soundscape today comes from a TripAdvisor review. Awesome, isn't that a great story? Yeah. But I have to admit that when I get to the part about the, I heard a strange moaning, crying come from the room above. I just about lose yes. my, my um self. Self-composure <laughs> because my mind is just going, if you're hearing moaning coming from another room in a motel, yeah, then you don't ask questions. You don't, don't, no. don't assume it's a ghost. No. <laughs>
2: no. Absolutely. So Renata, the
3: backstory to this location in the caves is fascinating
2: and the hotel. Mm. Tell me about it. So the whole thing begins around the late 1800s, 1887, and there is a surveyor called Fred Mace who gets into cahoots with the local chief there, and please, New Zealand people and Maori people, forgive me for the way I'm going to butcher these names, Tane Hineirau, and they discovered glowworm caves close by. So the government quickly saw that this was going to be awesome for tourism in the area, and they took the land, which Uh all governments do, under the Scenic Preservation Act. And so a house was built in 1901 for the chief on the hotel site, but soon they kicked him out as well, and the whole thing was converted to tourist accommodation. A wing was added in 1928, so it took a fair while. You've got almost, what, 26, 27 years, and the hotel then became the flagship of the Tourist Hotel Corporation. Now, in its heyday, everyone wanted to stay at Waitomo Cave House. So you had royalty, you had movie moguls, and you had superstars staying there. And early on in its history, part of the whole aura Of going there was the mission to actually reach reach the remote tourist destination. And I remember even when I went 20 odd years ago, there were paths of the South Island where it was quite an adventure to get to the site that you were trying to get to. Well, just let me tell you, I've been there I've
3: stayed at the Waitomo. Oh, have you? House. I have stayed oh. there. And they even put us into the haunted rooms. Oh, are oh, you didn't Exciting. Know. I finally get some
2: travel revenge. <laughs> Woohoo! Uh, that's got to be on my bucket list. I really, really want to go and see this place and visit it myself. Oh, well, let's go in the next couple of months. Sure. While we can get to New Zealand. Mm hmm. That's a plan.
3: Oh, I've given it this hope in horizon. Oh, yeah, there is. I can
2: see there's a plane trip on the horizon. Mm-hmm. So this this was all part of the essential Grand Waitomo experience, apparently. And so you you had the endurance test of several days of travel. And back then it was by horse and carriage through rough gravel roads. And
3: let me tell you, this place is in the middle of bum truck nowhere. <laughs> is it's it? In, it is in the middle <laughs> of nowhere. We <laughs> no. were at the point when we were driving that we thought we were completely lost mm-hmm. in this this dense forest and it was just it's nowhere all of a sudden you come around a corner and there's a little bit of civilization
2: we went off road at one stage and we went off road in one of those camper vans oh.
3: <laughs> <laughs> with, with with a young daughter <laughs>
2: And you yes. were pregnant. <laughs> she, oh, my God. She was, what, about 10. And we went off-road. Off it was supposed to be a logging track <laughs> because there was a sign that in said. In a motorhome? Yes. There was a sign that said Mini haha ha Falls. <laughs>
3: and that's where all the New Zealanders <laughs> are hiding around the corner going. <laughs> yeah. ha, ha, ha,
2: ha.
0: <laughs>
2: Mini Ha Ha Falls in like one kilometre or something. And so we thought, well. What harm is it? <laughs> what harm could one I kilometre? I can just see
3: Eric <laughs> driving and you go, ah!
2: Yep, and so there we are in a camper van on a logging track and guess what comes out of the forest? What? A logging truck. No. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, my God. Did you have to reverse all the way back out? <laughs> no, we found a small area where we could sort of get off the road so this logging truck would come in, but oh. then we found the car park finally. So you talk about being lost and you go forever and you mm. think, I don't know where I am. This was exactly it. We're going on and on and on and on and can't find anywhere to park finally there's a car park area or let's let's just say an an area in the distance that doesn't have any trees or anything there right and so we're looking for a sign where these freaking falls are where are they they're supposed to be here nope there's a tiny little sign that says Mini Haha ha Falls is a 10-kilometre walk. <gasps> oh, stuff that. <laughs> exactly. Oh. So back in the car we went.
3: Yeah. Just but look, this is one of these cases. It was like an awful experience at the time and frustrating as all hell. But what a great story that's ended up being. Yes. It's the mishaps of travel that yes. become
2: the best stories. Oh, we have more stories. <laughs> Especially when you don't have knives and forks and things and you're starving, and the things that you used to, to cut food with. Mm, interesting. Anyway, so the Queen and Prince Philip stayed here during the 1953 1954 state visit. Ooh, nice. And they waved to crowds from the balcony Hello, peasants, hello, hello. 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 And in that era, all your affluent travellers would arrive by oh, train from Auckland. We do like the affluent travellers. Mm-hmm. The the affluent travellers. And they would arrive just in time for afternoon tea of salmon and cucumber sandwiches. were they
3: rolled with the crusts cut off?
2: I don't know. That would be fush then. Fush on top. So they would then rest for an hour and then reappear for cocktails and dinner in the Fred Mace room, accompanied by soothing orchestral music from the resident band. All right. So the checkered past of romance and extravagance has faded into history but Waitomo Caves Hotel still remains a pleasant place to spend a night. And it's really interesting how we think that you know we've we've hit the high spots now and uh, some some of these Hotels might look a little bit tattered and faded and whatever, but, you know, if you think 100 years ago people were going there and they were going in their finest clothes. They would have been taking maids and servants with them and all of that sort of stuff. It reminds and- me of the Carrington Hotel. Yes. Yeah. Mm. So, ownership passed to a Maori trust in the 1980s under the treaties land settlement legisla- legislation. Put your teeth in and try that word again. Legislation. Very good. And the hotel is now leased by a management company. So the owners are keen to retain the hotel's special character, an oldie-woldie charm. Oh,
3: did they have to put E's on the end oldie, of it, did they?
2: Oldie-woldie. oldie worldy. And today many of the overseas guests are from the old country and they easily succumb to the ambiance of the hotel and the weird cast landscape of Waitomo. So you could probably tell me about the landscape of Waitomo. What what does it look like? It's actually built up on a hill and
3: I remember a valley down below. And as I said, my son at that time had been going through some traumatic experiences and we almost didn't get him on the plane to come. And he decided at the last minute he would come and we went and he he walked away from us when we pulled up to this beautiful grand-looking hotel. A little worn, yeah, and he has just walked over to the edge of this valley where you look down and it's all green and lush and beautiful, and I saw him take in a deep breath and drop his shoulders and relax. Mm-hmm. And it was like it had instantly healed him. Mm. Wow. Um, it, it it We were in a really... Difficult places. Mothers of boys will know around that age of 17 through to about 22, their hormones are running rife and it takes a while for them to settle down. And we were really concerned for him. But he came away and I'm ever so grateful to New Zealand because I really do feel like it actually saved his life. Wow. It is beautiful. Mm. It is absolutely
2: beautiful there. So it says that it's it's like a combina- combination of two worlds. One is the dark, hidden world of the Waitomo, Aronui and Ruakuri, caves with their silent, mysterious streams and crystal galleries. And the other is the distinctive cast landscape of pancake-layered limestone outcrops, disappearing rivers and soaring natural bridges. Well, that's a much better description than what I gave. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I...
3: I I wasn't but, taking much notice at the time. I was just watching my son. Oh,
2: look, the air, I just can't get over the air. The air is so crystal clear mm. that everything looks like it's in 4G. 4G yeah. and 5G, it's like your eyes have cleared up and everything is literally this crystalline Do colour. Do you
3: mean 3D? 4G's telephone
2: lines. <laughs> 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 a little bit confused oh, l- there. Let me go back there, sc- scrap that bit. <laughs> Rewind. Scrap that no, bit, don't you scrap dare that scrap bit. that bit. <laughs> yes, please don't play that. Oh, no, we want uh, it. it. It's always for me this memory of how crystal clear the air is and light seems to be reflecting refracted in a different way where you get this clarity of colour that you get nowhere else.
3: It reminds me of a little bit of the green of Ireland, you know, how mm. the, the colour of Ireland. There's no green like what you see yeah, in Ireland. That's
2: true. Mm. That's true. And you seem to be able to see a long way away. That's why saying this clarity and no pollution in the air, in the South Island specifically, I'm talking about because I haven't experienced a North Island. But you can just see so far into the distance because it is just so clear. So you haven't been to Hobbiton either? No. <gasps> what is wrong with you? Well, We've got was, to get to Matamata Mata and that get was, to Hobbiton. That was way, way, yeah. Oh.
3: That was probably before they even
2: filmed Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was even before Lord of the Rings was a, a little sperm seeds in, <laughs> <laughs> in someone's testicle, I'm <laughs> sure. <laughs> A sperm seed? Seriously,
3: woman, you're oh. smoking. <laughs> oh, people are very apologetic for the sperm seed comment Oh,
2: well, you know what they—you you know what I am meaning. before you are in twinkle t- in your mother's <laughs> eye. <That's
3: it. laughs> I couldn't Think of that saying. I like what you said so much better. It was like my gherkin
2: <laughs> comment the other week. I know. Oh, I thought it was brings perfect. It yeah, brings up nice. Oh, does it? Have now? a nice visual. <laughs> I don't know. I'll Sperm just see. It seed there. brings up a nice
3: oh, visual. I'll just leave I think we're, we're digging a hole. I'll leave move it on. There.
2: Move on. So, thanks to those little bright sparks, the glowworms, it is possible to lie back and view star studded skies above and below ground. You can choose to remain in the timeless world of, on the surface or descend into the depths to see what lies beneath. Now, I have never been into a glowworm cave, and we've only experienced some glowworms when we go to Glastonbury. Not Glastonbury. Oh. (laughs) Try Gloucester, wrong country. You know, Gloucester two hours north of Newcastle. Oh, they're just so similar,
3: aren't they? I need to make her another coffee.
2: (laughs) Um, Yeah, when we go to Gloucester and we're in Copeland yeah. In the Copeland Forest, we we saw a few of the glowworms well, there. I
3: went into the Waitomo Glowworm case. Did you? There are actually two tour companies, and there's two locations. And people said to us, "Don't do the real touristy one; do the other one." Mm-hmm. So that's what we did. We booked the the lesser known one. It had great reviews, and we got picked up by this lovely lady in a little minibus and off we went. And we're going down goat tracks. I mm-hmm. swear it was goat. I tr- should say sheep tracks in New Zealand, and it was a bit. Rumpy bumpy, as you, as you say? <laughs> and eventually got to this little wooden hut where they then provided us morning tea. Oh, out came the thermos, which is what we store our hot water in in Australia. I'm not sure what you call them in America or whoever else is listening. And they had some nice biscuits, which milk, I think, milk, arrowroot. Yes, yeah, it's got some scotch <laughs> fingers. And <laughs> it sounds really oh, I vibe they're, those? they're cookies. They're cookies <laughs> for the people who aren't familiar. I know biscuits in America are like our scones. It's a very All confusing right. thing. Anyway. And then we, we walked down the hill and across this little stream, they had a little beautiful little bridge and there was the cave mouth. Mm-hmm. So across we've gone into the caves where there was a little boat. Mm-hmm. All piled into the boat oh, and she, this lady was telling us great stories on the way in, mind mm-hmm. you. She was an extra in Lord of the Rings and she was ah. one of the elves on horseback uh-huh. firing the arrows with the right. bows and arrows. Uh-huh. So she was very long and lanky. Yeah, so anyway, she's she's taken us in. There's like a rope they pulled themselves along on and then you you get in there and, and she said, right, we've got to get all our lights off and we've all got to sit very still. So you're sitting there in the dark and sure enough these long – dribbles of fluorescent slime come <laughs> running down towards your head and you're going oh dear <laughs> please don't touch me but I mean they drop down to probably like four centimeters two inches thereabouts mm-hmm. but if you try to take a photo of them at all because it's so dark the camera really struggles maybe with cameras now it might have a better shot mm-hmm. but that was fantastic mm. and just listening you're in the dark in this cave and there is no light at all and you're hearing the water go running past you mm. and it
2: was a magical experience. Mm. I
3: really, really enjoyed it. Anyway, that was a bit of a sidetrack, wasn't it? Yeah.
2: No, it sounds awesome for people who haven't been in a cave like that. But if you come what on out Copeland Mine Gold Ghost Tour yeah. <laughs> Gold Mine Ghost Tour. God,
3: that's yes, the you, you might be able to see well, some. We can show you some glow like, worms. They're only little.
2: Yeah. They're and then they're not worms either. They're what, not they're not worms. What are they?
3: I'm not quite sure, but they're not worse. (laughs) Thanks for sharing that gem of information here, Renata. We were all
2: better off for that. Thanks. You're welcome. You've forgotten what Coralie <laughs> told you, haven't you? No, I. I did read it somewhere. that Glowworms are not worms, but I didn't get to the bit that told me what they really were. You just got stuck at Florescent that gobsmacking thing, <laughs> saying glowworms aren't worms. Oh, <laughs> you yeah, can't guy. go any further. My brain just <laughs> ruptured. I had a brain fart. My brain won't take any more information in about that. (laughs) So despite its apparent size, I'm going back to the hotel. Originally the hotel only had six guest rooms. My gosh. Wow. That's like hardly worth the effort. The other rooms were a reception, a kitchen, a dining room and staff rooms. Tents were available to accommodate more guests. Duck, no. (laughs) (laughs) It's cold in New
0: Zealand. (laughs)
3: That's got oh, a, a 100 plus shrivel factor.
2: <laughs> Not a no. that's, that's, that's just, no. 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 no, no. We no. draw the line at tents. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've even lost my, my place.
3: <laughs> the glasses now. are fogging up. She's lost her place. <laughs> um,
2: Timber used in the construction was transported into the area on horse-drawn carts. It's so remote that town water and power supplies were pumped from the Waitomo stream and fed up to the slope where the hotel was. And electricity had to be generated by a dynamo powered by a petrol-driven motor engine, Ogoody. So completed in 1908, the building, which is positioned upon an escarpment overlooking the village, was originally called Government House or Government Hostel at Waitomo and today is known as the Victorian Wing. So then in the 1920s there was an extension as the accommodation proved too small and people were obviously complaining about the tents going (laughs) Excuse me! I don't blame them. I've travelled so far, you're going to put me in a tent. I know it was three star accommodation, but I want something more than a tent. <laughs> yeah, and so it was enlarged between 1927 and 28, and a two story plastered reinforced concrete tiled roof extension was added, called the Art Deco wing, and and that's the wing we stayed in. Ah, right. Mm. And it says here that it was Spanish Mission style. <laughs> Renata, get your mind out of the gutter. <laughs> naughty girl, naughty girl, bring it back up. And it was it was very much a sharp contrast to the earlier style, which it would have been because it would have been quite Victorian, I dare say. So this this Spanish mission style would have been quite bare and yeah, mission type. <laughs> whatever that is. So there was a a large kitchen, a dining room uh, added, and 24 bedrooms were added.
5: If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers.
2: So, they
4: didn't
3: have it, to share. Could,
2: no, they could accommodate 100 guests, and none of the rooms had bathrooms, oh. which is interesting. So, so, when you went, they had bathrooms?
3: And- well, actually, the wing we stayed in, there were some rooms that were just the bed and it had a little sink in it. And it was really weird. My friends, Simeon and Graham, got like the suite. It had a lounge room area and it had a bedroom area, which was sort of all in one. But to get to the bathrooms, you had to walk through their bedroom. <laughs> So anyone who was staying in those rooms 12, 12a and along there, you you had to know the people that were in the other rooms so that you could cross it. Are the- you serious? serious. It was so weird. <laughs> oh, my it goodness. It was really weird. And I remember saying to the boys, "Um,
2: we'll we'll try not to come in and wee during the night. We really will. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Obviously an, a later addition and that was the only space they had to mm. put the bathroom, which was quite, yeah, quite interesting. I think it was sort of meant to be
3: like a sweet area where like a group would stay ah, in there. And since yes. we were a, a group, mm-hmm. there was a few of us. We had my daughter and son in one room, Roman and I in another. I think we were in single beds and Simeon and Graham had the other room which mm-hmm. had a, a queen-size bed in it and mm-hmm. the bathroom.
2: Mm-hmm. We've had many interesting bathroom experience in places that we've stayed. We actually started a hashtag view from the loo, didn't we? We did. We did. <laughs> and, and check then, that one out. And then... COVID hit. Anyway, now one of the more recent reasons why the Waitomo Caves Hotel has become a little bit famous or infamous is because of a program called Hauntings that was screened in New Zealand in 2001 and an episode featured the Waitomo Caves Hotel. They also appeared in an episode of Ghost Hunt in 2006. And one of the most interesting facts that I found was that the director by the name of Guillermo del Toro claimed to have encountered a ghost when he stayed a Isn't night at a the hotel. is he a famous director? He is. So the hotel was the single biggest inspiration for his 2015 film, Crimson Peak. Oh. Mm. So I'm just going to read you a little bit from the newspaper because, of course, this is and huge also, news. It
3: appeared on Jeff Belanger's 30-odd Minutes as well because right. I watched that with an interview with a lovely New Zealand man. Me- Sorry, pick up, <laughs>
2: <laughs> with a lovely New Zealand man. Uh-huh. So this appeared in the www.stuff .co.nz news and it says a Waikato hotel has inspired one of the most gruesome and chilling scenes in director Guillermo del Toro's next big film. A few years ago, the Mexican filmmaker and amateur ghost hunter was in New Zealand scouting locations for the Hobbit trilogy when he convinced the owners of the Waitoman Caves Hotel to open their doors. He'd heard it was haunted. It was off season, so the Grand Victorian style hotel, built in 1908 and located in Waikato, was shut. But the director of the three time Oscar winner Pan, Pan's Labyrinth, Hellboy, and the new horror film Crimson Peak. And I think he did
3: Star Trek too, the, oh. one of the newest Star Treks. Oh, that's why I know the name because he's really, really well known. Mm
2: hmm. Mm-hmm. So he knew he was carrying a trump card to get to the hotel to open its doors. He was directing The Hobbit. Oh. So Peter and The Hobbit are national treasures in New Zealand and most people when they check into a hotel ask for a room with a view or a balcony, but Del Toro asked for haunted rooms. <laughs> so would
3: we. Yeah, so do we, we actually do that when we send emails. We, we say to them, could you please put us in your most haunted room? Mm-hmm. And they
2: just go, you're weird. So he went on to say that his stay there was exceptionally scary because the hotel was empty, just like in a horror movie. So he was 50 at the time. He dropped out of directing the Hobbit movies and has only ever encountered two ghosts in his life, and he attributes one of these moments to his night where he stayed in Waitomo. He said, "I heard a horrible murder being committed in the room. I was actually terrified. I didn't sleep at all that night. And what was strange was the next morning, I was not tired." but I was wired and scared. I never imagined having those fears. It was absolutely terrifying. And so he says the ghost experience including the blood chilling screams are replicated in Crimson Peak, which I want to get out again You'll and have see. Have to watch. A film he says is a modern update on the classic romantic gothic movies that were a staple 30 to 40 years ago. There's a moment when you hear a murder in the bathtub. Says Del Toro, and he says it comes directly from the moment I had in New Zealand. Mm, And Mm. I have a story about that. Awesome. Well, you head off now and tell us the ghost stories because that's all I have with regard to the history and the backstory of the Waitermo Caves. Well, the history of this actually goes back even
3: further Mm -hmm. than when the caves were built. So it's built on the natural high point in an area of limestone, rock, honeycomb, natural caves with the underground system. So we were discussing the limestone before Mm -hmm. and it it is acting like an amplifier Mm -hmm. for whatever might happen. Now, this reminded me of the Stanley Hotel. Mm Mm-hmm. You've also got running water. Yep, yeah, there's running so water underneath it. It's a double whammy. Yep. Now, the caves were apparently regarded as sacred by the local Maori and they said that it's inhabited by a guard- guardian or predator living in the deep pools, rivers and dark caves. Ooh. But it was actually used as a burial ground. Oh. All right, so we've got the limestone. Mm-hmm. We've got the running water, Mm -hmm. we've got a sacred place, Mm -hmm. and- A burial ground. A burial ground.
2: Bang. (laughs) I'd say the trilogy, but there's more. My chair is slowly sinking down. (laughs) I'm missing my (laughs) microphone altogether now. It's up
3: in my forehead. Hang on. (laughs) So we've got a whole layer upon layer upon layer of, of things happening there. Now, also, there was two massive battles fought in that area- and a lot of skirmishes as well between the Maoris and the English. Mm-hmm. So, as usual, the English were trying to take over the world in the name of the Queen or the King, whoever it was at the time. So there's been a lot of blood spilt on that land. Wow. And there was a British fort built on the site of the hotel. Mm-hmm. So then you've got this whole anxiety of the them trying to hold this land against the natives. There is also a legend of a Maori mm. princess which dates back to that time of the, the Maori versus the British era. The daughter of a high-ranking Maori chief became enamoured with a British soldier and one evening while making her way up to the fort for a romantic rendezvous with the said soldier, um, the sentry, the, the British sentry that was looking out, Thought it was a warrior that was sneaking up on the fort. No. And shot her dead.
2: (gasps) No. Yep.
3: Now, her spirit apparently haunts the Victorian wing of the hotel, which houses the honeymoon suite.
2: Oh, dear.
3: All right. So she's reported to be taking up residence also into the attic. And her moaning can be heard coming from this area. Oh. Now, we had that report from TripAdvisor. Yes. That she heard moaning. Yes. So maybe it wasn't a randy couple upstairs. Maybe it was the, the mourning princess or the angry princess now, there's another story in in relation to this princess, mm-hmm. and it, it's relating to room 14. Now, I like this because like the Stanley Hotel, I've got a menu of rooms that we can talk about. Mm-hmm. So apparently there was a young male guest who came to the hotel, and he was in room 14, and he, he came downstairs all distressed, saying he'd just seen a spirit that passed through him, right? Went through him, mm-hmm. not... Through a wall or something went through him and told the tale to several guests that were staying there. And after he'd sort of told everyone what happened, he went back to his room and committed suicide. No. Now it's said that he wanders the rooms and the corridors there as well. Now, the the way that he apparently took his life, although they say hanging is very popular. I don't know about that, but they said that he was in the bathtub and he slit his wrists. So hence the reason why some of the reports of hauntings and sightings within the hotel is blood coming from the taps Mm -hmm. in the bathroom or blood dripping from the bath. Mm -hmm. Now there was a team that did an investigation of the, the hotel. There was a team that did an investigation of the hotel's Paranormal New Zealand, and they gave an absolutely brilliant report. Now, Barbara Casely gave me the links to these and to a, a YouTube clip, which I will put up for you guys mm-hmm. to watch later on. on. Facebook page um, at True
2: Hauntings. Wow, what a thorough
3: report that they did and I found on a website as well. So they said, in room 14 in the Art Deco wing of the hotel, upon entry of the wing, Chris, who was one of the team members, claims he was taken by a sudden rush of energy to the head and everything went a rusty colour. I wasn't lightheaded or anything, and then everything went into a film negative-like effect. Whether that was associated with anything spiritual or whether that I was just tired, I have no idea. Over the period of the night, there felt like there was a lot of activity in the room in general. Chris said that I heard sounds of wind being disturbed, as if a bird with very soft wings was flying around the room.
2: Oh, Isn't that great? That's a beautiful description.
3: Yeah. Now, there is another room close by, the adjacent room, which is 12. Now, we either stayed in 12 or 12A or we might have taken both those rooms. Mm -hmm. So the princess is also seen there and also lights, lights that are moving around the room have been seen in the ensuite bathroom and guests have had their sheets pulled away and toes tickled during the night. Mm. It's nothing like a toe-tickling ghost. Now, the report from our paranormal team, now Matthew apparently was alone in that room and he heard a whispering female voice saying three syllables. They couldn't work out exactly what they were saying, but they had three distinct syllables. Mm-hmm. And I will find this article and pop it up for you. And they've actually got the recordings of these voices. That's so you can have a listen. I like what they've done here. Rather than saying to you, I think it says, and then saying what it is, mm-hmm. they've left it up to you to decide what you hear because if I tell you what I think I hear, that is all you will hear. Yep. If you want an example of that, look up misheard Lyrics on YouTube mm-hmm. and watch some of those because once he tells you what he thinks they're saying, that's all you will ever hear. Now, 12A, so obviously that would be – room 13 because they wouldn't call it room 13. Mm-hmm. You don't do that. I was supposed to be a reputed bit of of paranormal activity. They, they sprinkled talcum powder on the ground and they had footsteps appear in the talcum powder.
2: Wow. That's uh, old
3: school. Yeah, that is old school. So I don't know who it was <clears> that <throat> discovered that one, but that was one of the reports. And there was also objects being moved around. Now, this particular one, I contacted Barbara from the New Zealand team and she gave me her personal story. Hi Anne, there are so many amazing stories about that hotel. I personally have had a few experiences while they both privately and while on investigations. First one was while I was on a family weekend at the hotel. I was sharing a room with hubby, my auntie and my daughter. Hubby and daughter were asleep but auntie and I were still awake and chatting. Then I hear a child's voice clearly say, mama. It sounded exactly like a six or a seven-year-old boy had said it right beside me. Auntie did not hear it at all. Another really odd thing occurred during an investigation that I was there on. We decided to get a few hours sleep and I took my Celtic cross off that I wear around my neck on a chain. I put it on the bedside table next to me where I was sleeping. In the morning, the cross was broken into two pieces. I most definitely would have noticed it if it was broken when I took it off as I used two hands to put it down. I've had other odd things happen. Also footsteps heard, taps turning on and off and hubby feeling like something warm and fuzzy went through him. So that's where she gave me the Haunted New Zealand team links to a video that they did, and it's it's
2: really well put together. I'm very impressed. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing a photo of the the cross she mentions yeah. and the break in it. Yeah,
3: and that was reported in this other article mm-hmm. that I was reading as well.
2: Now, there is room
3: 25 as well, and the staff apparently don't like to go into this area as they have bad feelings mm-hmm. in that area. They've heard screams and, once again, objects moving around apparently the room is associated with a former staff member or matron we always love our matrons when we go Mm. investigating who is still trying to keep order in the hotel's art deco now i've got a report from the the paranormal team here at a spot in the middle of the room and at the foot of the leftmost bed i felt a massive sinking sensation like when you go over a bump in the road and leave your heart in your mouth It felt very different in there to other parts of the hotel. This was my first feeling of dread in this place. Until then, we had felt embraced. This felt uncomfortable more in that room than the bathroom and definitely more in that area of the room. Now, they do report that they did EMF sweeps throughout Mm -hmm. the the area and there was not nothing but what was there was negligible. It wasn't Mm -hmm. something to, to really worry about. There is also room one apparently has things going down in there as well. (laughs) Sorry, I shouldn't say that in (laughs) a hotel room, should I? They have experiences in room one. And there was a light anomaly that was seen by Matthew, one of their investigators. At the same moment, another investigator, Chris, Chris, who was sitting in an ensuite, experienced an energy passing through Their torso. So that was another one of these ones with energies
2: passing through. Yeah, these residual energies, obviously, because, yeah, they talk about residual energies as being able to do their thing. And even if you stand directly in front of them, they will pass through you. They'll just go straight through like a pack of prunes. Anyway,
3: (laughs) my last area. True. That I'm going to talk about. Yes is the ghost of Cat Alley. Oh, Cat
2: Alley. Cat Alley. That's a very interesting name Mm. for a place, Cat Alley. Now, the the, the Cat Alley
3: apparently is a cluster of small rooms and a corridor. So it's where the staff would hang out and do their stuff, which Mm -hmm. catered to the workers and maids. Mm -hmm. And connected to that area is where the kitchen and the restaurant was. So this, this is attributed back to an accident that happened in the 1930s where one of the maids' sons was skipping through the kitchen and knocked off a pot of boiling water, and it burned him so badly that he then later died from what happened. Now, the staff apparently there, the staff to this current day are calling him Daniel, and it's often heard that they hear a child giggling, skipping, and children often complain about being followed by a weird boy. Oh. So it's nothing to do with cats, mm. but it's the, that type of area and that that cluster of rooms and the activity is called Cat Alley. So Patrick and Barbara, this is a report from the team, said they heard odd scratching movement, which seemed to be replying to one of their questions. Now, of course, they did a search around the place and found nothing, and then they got an EVP of a man's voice on the recorder. So this this strange voice was actually captured in a storage room near Kaop alley and it's rather out of place to everything else that's been experienced it's a very gruff male voice so I think they even had that as an example there as well that you can have a listen to but there also appears to be a third person talking over the top or in the background and the problem with sometimes with these recorders is that they're very sensitive and you may think there's no one else around but there could be a conversation that's happening like around a corner 100 mm-hmm. meters away and it will still pick it up partly mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they, they interviewed the staff as well and asked them how they feel about the hauntings there, and they're all very laid back as most of our New Zealand friends are. They're just sort of like, eh, this stuff happens. It mm-hmm. eh, doesn't matter, and it's just part of the land. They're not really that stressed. But I, I did notice in one of the reports that they did in the video that they did, they put down it was an unnamed hotel and that the people that owned the hotel at that time didn't want it to be known as a haunted hotel. So they did it as a undisclosed location. But in the report, the written report on their team page, which I will put those links up for people to go and have a look at the, the brilliant work they've done there, it, they named the hotel. So they must have then since got permission to be able to name, or it was a different investigation. I'm not really sure. And I'll just wrap up the information on our ghosts at Tower Hotel. Oh, mind you, when we were there, it definitely had a creepy vibe to it. There was a window at the end of the corridor that they said looked out onto the car park below, which was sort of like a big circle you drove into. You can imagine horse and carriage coming through there or those old cars. They said that quite often if you look up at that window, you would have seen someone sitting there looking out through the window. So it was de- definitely a creepy vibe. I can't remember anything that happened that night. Mm-hmm. We were very... Early into our paranormal investigation stages, at that, as I said, it was, said, it was about nine years ago. Mm-hmm. So we'll have to go back, Renata. I think That's so. all I have to say. Yeah. So let me finish off with a quote from TripAdvisor Jackie K149 This old hotel definitely needs some sprucing up, i.e., replacing the very worn carpet. But although faded, everything was very clean. We had a beautiful room with a very comfortable bed. It reminded me of a mini Stanley Hotel. I think there was only one other couple staying at the hotel, so it was very quiet. It was quite cold outside, so they had a roaring fire going in the sitting room. It was very cosy, sitting there relaxing and sipping a glass of port. I was drawn to the hotel because I am a paranormal investigator and had heard rumours of it being haunted. The manager's wife was very hospitable and took me on a tour. And I took a lot of interesting photos and caught maybe 20 Class A EVPs. Oh, wow. Definitely haunted. If you spend the night, make sure to visit the glowworm caves. Exceptionally beautiful. 20 Class A EVPs?
2: My goodness, now, that class, must be a record. Class A means that you can you, understand every single you word.
3: And you could you listen to it and you write down what you hear mm-hmm. and then you pass it to someone, another 20 people, and they all listen to it and write down what they hear and then when you all compare notes, you've all got exactly the same thing. Yep. It means there is no doubt whatsoever yep. what was being said. Yep. So that's pretty astounding. That's pretty astounding. I would have loved to have heard some of those. Mm. But as I said, the Paranormal New Zealand team have written up a wonderful <laughs> report that you can go and read through. And they've got pictures and they've got EVPs and it's just a little bit of heaven.
2: Mm. So what do you think, Renata? I think I'm going to have to go and see it for
3: myself. Mm. Look, I think because the fact they're not promoting it as a haunted hotel, they don't have ghost tours that are going on there, what what would be the reason for them claiming that it was a, a haunted hotel? They're not making any money out That's of that true. Yeah. whatsoever. Yeah. And there seems to be a lot of reports from people having experiences there. Mm. But once again, until we have our own experience... Can we say it's truly haunted? Mm. Personally, I think it is.
2: <laughs> Let's just say it is. I, I I would love to come across that poor, poor, beautiful Maori princess. Yeah. All she wanted was happiness. Oh, a little bit of nookie. And they shot her. Yeah, hey, bastards. And on that note... We finish off this week's episode of True Hauntings and our visit to the Waitomo Caves Hotel. Thanks
3: for joining us this week. And if you have enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe, share it around to your friends, and if you get the chance to leave us a review, we would so appreciate it. In the meantime, we're going to cook up another story on another location for next week remain well and you know what we'll all see you on the dark side
4: bye for now thank you for listening to this episode of true hauntings if you like the show give us a five-star rating and leave a review subscribe on apple podcasts spotify or wherever you're listening right now for more on ann and renata Follow at Ann and Renata on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube, or visit their website, www.anneandrenata.com. True Hauntings is a part of the Human Labs Podcast Network.
1: Planning for your next trip?